Hey guys, it's me, Alex. I did a half-assed live show thing on Facebook, so I'm just tossing the audio up here as an episode, so that's it. Follow me on Facebook. Uh, Alexcast, <laughs> you can do that. Who gives a shit? Anyway, it's me answering questions. It's long, it's rambly. It's not very long. Definitely very rambly. I say um more times than some kind of um-based monster, you know, that caused the world to come into existence using the mantra um. Enjoy! Listener questions, things like that. Let us begin. All right. So uh, Eric Millar, uh, the artist behind my comic book Worms edition, which is now available. Go to Gumroad for the digital version. Go to Etsy for the paper version. Um, search for Outlet Press or Alex Bolin Worms edition. W-Y-R-M-S edition. Like you add stuff. Uh, he wants to know, Eric Millar wants to know what my favorite pandemic movie is. Uh we did uh, 12 Monkeys on John and Alex Hate Stuff last episode, which is probably on the list somewhere. Um, the other pandemic movies I think of, uh, I liked Outbreak when it came out with the deadly Mutaba virus, which um, is, uh, I don't know what year that came out with. Yeah, I'm really not prepared for this at all. Yeah, whatever. Outbreak, cool. Uh, I like 28 Days Later, even though it... I don't know if Walking Dead came out first, the comic book or that, but I love the the opening of that with the guy waking up in the hospital and kind of the outbreak had already happened and the world was already uh, sick and zombified. Um, one other... Oh, any of the I Am Legend ones, like the one with Vincent Price back in the... 50s uh, are terrific. Uh, even the Will Smith one is quite good. Um, there's one with Carlton, Carlton, Charlton Heston uh, that was called... Oh, the Omega Man. So the Omega Man's terrific. Anything where it's a lonely person wandering around, you know, dystopian... Uh, New York or big city is fun. I like empty New York is kind of fun. Um, what was the question again? What am I doing? Quarantine movies? Uh, a pandemic movie. Uh, World War Z. That's a that's technically one. Uh, that movie sucked, so let's not do that. I'm looking up pandemic movies as we as we speak. Um, apparently, there's a movie called Pandemic from 2016. I'm sure that's delightful uh we're looking at now uh the from vulture.com the best movies oh they start with outbreak perfect available on netflix contagion oh the one with soderbergh and yeah gwyneth paltrow is in it yes that was delightful which you watch oh you know it's good uh it's a tv show but 
the Rain. It is the, the most batshit dumb show you'll ever watch. I think it's German or maybe maybe some Scandinavian place, but the, the rain becomes deadly, so humanity has to live underground and somehow survive. It is so, so fucking stupid. You should watch it. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Um, I liked... Oh, God, all these are terrible. Vulture.com's list of uh, quarantine movies are mostly terrible. Oh, no, 28 Days Later. They're a fan of Day of the Dead. These are all zombie movies. Um... Something called Wormwood, which I like the name of, because Worms Edition, my comic book available now. Uh, I Am Legend, Cargo. Oh, that's one with Martin Freeman. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. Uh, the Last Man on Earth. Oh, that's the one with Vincent Price. Okay. Oh, and that one with Simon Pegg, with the zombies. That's fun. Let's, let's, uh, let's say that's beautiful. Um, yeah. I think that's about it. Again, I really didn't show prep this at all. And next question. Top three favorite B movies. Favorite B movies. Uh, well, the B movie, uh, which was delightful. That kind of Pixar-ish one. That was great. Um, Baby, the movie with that dinosaur from the 80s. Uh, other dumb jokes based around movies that start with the letter B. No, my favorite B movies. I would say Six String Samurai, which is, I guess that's more of an independent movie, an indie movie than a B movie. But we did that on the Patreon, uh, John and I. It's a movie set in uh, post-apocalyptic uh, Las Vegas, uh, where people are trying to travel the wastelands around Vegas to become the new king. Because Elvis has been king there for the past 50 years, and he dies. So all these uh, guitar-playing samurais travel the wasteland to go to Vegas. It is delightful. Um, I really enjoy it. Let's see. Other, what's other B-movies I like? Um, does Fifth Element count? I mean, that's like a blockbuster, but I mean, it's essentially just a schlocky B-movie, but let's let's pretend that doesn't count. Uh, UHF? I think that counts as a B-movie. How would you define a B-movie? What is a B-movie? going to be Alex Research's thing. It says low budget. Um, yeah. All right. So in that case, I'm just going to do low budget movies. UHF uh, is delightful with Weird Al Yankovic and that other guy <laughs> featuring really early versions of Giddy Watanabe and Michael Richards, who, well, okay, maybe we shouldn't point out that he was in that. Um, who else? Oh, uh, Fran Drescher is also in that as that kind of early Fran Drescher, a really, really fun, stupid movie, which if you're around my time, my age, you would like a lot. Um, lately, uh, well, these are more like kind of good because they're terrible, but John from John Alex Hate Stuff uh, particularly likes the Neil Breen movies. And I've been watching some of those the past, uh, since, you know, the world ended and I've had time to watch stuff. And those are, uh, they're weirdly addictive because they're they're super low budget, but also really low quality. <laughs> like it's not even like one of those movies that's like oh it's low budget but yet it's good. It's just um, they're terrible but uh, really fun. Terrible. Um, 
I think we, yeah, we did one on the show. We did fateful findings on the show. That may have been on an Alex cast, but uh, what a what a terrifically odd filmmaker. Apparently, there's a he did a five hour course on how to make movies that came out recently, and I can't imagine what goes on there, but it's got to be fucking tremendously awful. Uh, he does a lot of his stuff is just like on green screen, but he doesn't bother to you know, adjust the green screen at all to like match the, uh, what he's doing. So like, he'll be like walking down a green screen hallway, but then the, like the perspective won't change like as he's moving. Uh, so it's just, yeah, it's just really strange. It's kind of birdemic in its awfulness, which birdemic is, that is not one of my favorite movies. That's a movie that you should sit through as a kind of, I don't know, initiation into something greater because that movie is probably the worst movie ever made uh yeah go watch birdemic and report back to me like don't blame me but it's oh boy it is some wooden acting and really badly written and the special effects are just god awful um there's this one scene where uh i was gonna say i don't want to give anything away but of course i do the movie has no plot it's about birds and there's a pandemic of them it's a birdemic uh there's one scene where our lead guy, uh, this mannequin that was given life, that's not part of the movie. He's just, I, it's the only way I can understand what, what his acting's like, is that he's a mannequin that was given life. Uh, he goes on a date with with, with the lead uh, lady in the film, and they're they're dancing at a, at a something. It's not a dance club. It's, it's like a, it's like a bar, I guess, and there's just a dance floor, and it's, I'm not struggling to describe something common. You just need to watch the scene. But anyway, they're there and um, there's a dance scene where the uh, there's a guy on stage singing a song called Hanging Out With My Family. And it is conservatively 35 minutes long. It's I mean, it's probably a minute, but it is the longest scene that's ever been filmed. It's like that scene in the original Solaris, the Russian one, where they're driving up the driveway and it goes on for 15 minutes. But this is this is a guy singing a not very catchy song that will still get stuck in your head for the next month straight. Uh, hanging out with my family. I have a vague memory of... I think when I had Dean and Rachel on a bunch of years ago, we may have talked about this. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. I'm supposed to be talking about good B-movies. Uh, I'm just going to think low budget instead of B because I'm not entirely sure uh, what the difference is. I really liked Primer, that time travel movie um, that no one understood, which I'm a big fan of movies no one understands because then I cannot understand it and feel like I'm part of the crowd instead of just a dummy. Uh, It's super low budget, super... um, Yeah, it's just smart. No, No, smart's the wrong word. It's... It has the appearance of smart, which is better than smart, because smart can be pretentious. This is just confusing and fun. It's a primer if you want to watch a good B-movie. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is one of the best B-movies ever made. It's about killer clowns. Now get this. They're from outer space. Not inner. That's a different movie. Uh, killer Clowns from Outer Space is delightful. Um, they, they kidnap people by... I think they... If I remember correctly, there's two mechanisms. One is you get covered in uh, sugar candy. What's that stuff called? Uh, Cotton candy. And the other is you get sealed inside of like a a circus kind of balloon thing. Or like maybe one of those rubber giant balls that like clowns or uh, acrobats will roll out with, you know, 
but yeah, it's very strange. And the clowns are nightmare fuel on a very deep, deep level. I wish there's, is there any way to, how do I, no, I, I don't know how to do anything Facebook live. I don't know why I'm doing this. I, I, I was just going to record something. Oh fuck. I'm doing something stupid here. Okay. Mm, okay. I didn't hang up on you. Good. Uh, yeah, so Killer Clowns from Outer Space. What other B-movies do I like? Or low-budget movies? Um, wait, hey, wait, hold on a second. All right, there's nothing good down there. At some point, uh, I threw out all my DVDs and I kept like a, a small amount of them uh, for various reasons. Mostly sentimental. Not sentimental for the content of the movie. I don't know. It's just because I bought them. So I happen to have them in a random pile because I don't even have a DVD player anymore. <laughs> it was on the floor next to me. But there's nothing good there. There's a lot of Matt Farley movies, which... Oh, there's a good guy if you're into B-movies. Well, I don't remember who asked that. I'm going to pretend it's Eric still. Uh, the Matt Farley is this guy that he writes a shitload of songs. Like, he's probably... I, think, I forget what his... I'm going to say he's written over a hundred thousand songs like with that, like, and that's actually probably a pretty good guess. He writes multiple songs like every day. It's, he is absolutely bananas. And he made a couple movies that are super low budget. Like ones like don't let the river beast get you. Um, I can't remember the name of the other ones, but he's a very strange man and you can fall down a Matt Farley rabbit hole. Like, for a while, he's, it's probably he still does, but he was just giving away his phone number online so people would call him. And you could just call him, like, in the middle of the night, he'd answer. He's, he's a very strange dude. But he's got, like, full albums of, like, songs about the letter A or whatever, or, like, uh, songs about the toilet, songs about the toilet 2, songs about the toilet 3, uh, songs about things I saw while walking, songs about songs about things that I did while walking, which is these... Any possible thing. It's it's like when you're making fun of uh, comedy boom stand-up comics where they're just kind of like looking at a wall and be like, uh, wallpaper, is there anything there? Okay, wallpaper, you're hanging on a wall, the thing, you know, like where they're just trying to find any given topic to make a joke about. That's Matt Farley, but in song form. Uh, maybe, I don't think he's ever been on the show. I'm trying to remember. No, he hasn't. He, I think he maybe wrote a song for the show. Does that sound familiar to anybody? No one listens to the show that far back. But I feel like he wrote a song for me. Not that that's all that hard to get, because, as I said, he's written hundreds of thousands. Anyway, all right, wait, back to the questions. All right, top three B movies. Uh, yeah, whatever. I did close enough to answering that. Uh, John from John and Alex Hate Stuff, which is some kind of podcast or something. Uh, he wants to know um, if uh, get heavy into Warhammer 40K lore. Uh, no. Go off on Moo. Uh, Moo, the Lost Continent. Uh, what, what do I have to say about that? Um, it's kind of like an Atlantean Lemurian myth thing. Um, oh, you know what I can talk about? This is about Mew, Moo, but uh, we can talk about Lemuria for a second. Here is a, a, a surefire way to tell when your channeled information is bullshit, because <laughs> that's something uh, me and my audience has to worry about. If anybody ever claims that they've channeled information about Lemuria, the lost continent of Lemuria. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's it's basically think of Atlantis. Uh, it's just another thing like that for the, for the uninitiated. 
uh, if they claim that they know about it and that they, you know, channeled the information or got it from some secret source and they referred to the landmass as Lemuria, know that they're bullshit. Uh, I've brought this up on the show before, but I, I like bringing up dumb things like this. The term Lemuria was coined by a biologist. And I'm swinging for the fences here. I think his name is Philip Schrader. I'm probably wrong about that. Um, yeah, Philip Schrader. I'm just going to say that. But he's a he was a biologist or some kind of you know science guy, uh, and he found uh, bones uh, on kind of southern India and also some in you know like Madagascar or whatever, and then some in let's say Africa. But either way, there was no way for them to uh, uh, be connected unless there was a, there used to be a continent there for them to have you know, traveled across because there wasn't any in the intermediate, uh, you know, currently existing land land route. So what he did was propose that there used to be a landmass there and called it, and you, you're picking up where I'm coming here, Lemuria, because there's lemurs there. So this is an 1800s guy because of lemurs. So if you ever have, you know, read like some stupid book where they're like, oh, well, my, my spirit guide told me about the land of Lemuria and whatever, like we, you know, and th that was the name of it. No, that name is from the 1800s and from a scientist. So if you ever hear that, they're completely wrong and, you know, bullshit, most likely. The, another good way to tell that they're bullshit is that they're channeling information about the lost continent of Lemuria. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I like to I like to kind of lean towards it's possible that things are, you know, true. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. So there's that uh, described shot by shot fights from Baki. Uh, no, I, I will not. Baki is that um, weird show on Netflix. It's an anime. It's about a guy named Baki. And he's like a really good fighter. And they have really ridiculous fights. Like uh, it makes Dragon Ball Z look somewhat rational. Uh, at some point, I think people can get strong enough that their muscles can not be shot with bullets. Like their muscles, are, they're too swole to be shot with bullets. It is, it is really dumb. It's also a delightful show, and you should all watch it. Um, it's also something, something, perfect stranger's joke, something, something. Uh, describe your ideal wizard. Uh, I mean, I think... Abs like Cedric Diggory. Um, beard like Jude Law-era Dumbledore. Um... Sass of Merlin. Long life of that guy that had the Philosopher's Stone in the first Harry Potter. What the hell was that guy's name? Yeah, whatever his name. That, that guy. And... What's other dumb wizard pop culture things? Oh, uh, and then uh, the naming convention of the Wizard of Id. Oh, and the um, gross income of Wizards of the Coast, the publishers of Dungeons & Dragons at some point. And thoughts on Dune. I think you're going to assume we're going to talk about the uh, Denis Villeneuve uh, Dune. Uh, we talked about Dune on Arnomancy, uh, the powerful, lovely Eric Arneson's podcast. Find it in Arnomancy on all your pod streaming pod pottersons uh we talked about the book in depth and random uh june playing cards i found 
as far as the new movie coming out, I am optimistic because they said they're going to be breaking it up into multiple films. It's not they're not going to try to do all of Dune in one movie, which I think is unfilmable. Um, the production shots they have of their outfits look fine. Um, you know, I don't think you can really tell much from that. I had a really long conversation with my friend Colin years ago where we're talking about the filming of Dune. This is long before they announced the the remake um, or the new interpretation or whatever. It's not a remake of the David Lynch one. Uh, that it'd be really tough to figure out where to break that book into two to make it, uh, you know, a two-part movie. Without giving much away, there's certain major story plot points that happen in the later half of the book that wouldn't that would be great story-wise to break the the narrative up but not great time-wise like there's you know it would be too weighted in the front so that's going to be really interesting to see how they do also i think um i think like batista's in it that you know the wrestler from guardians of the galaxy and some other weird people so i'm a little yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm looking forward to the first uh, trailer. Assuming it still happens. I mean, the world's, you know, dying now. We're all dead. So, you know, we'll we'll figure something out. Um, Dune. What, all right, yeah, blah, blah. Tyler wants to know about the people I've turned into puzzles. Uh, there's been six. Uh, one was a jigsaw puzzle. One is a monkey puzzle tree. And the other four are jokes I'll write later and then put the audio in here in post-editing. It's not going to happen. Um, I don't really even know what that means. I just really wanted to say something about that question, which isn't a question. Uh, also, Eric, you know, I think those early questions weren't from Eric. I don't know who asked those, so sorry, whoever I... I think... Okay, I'm going to say one was Alex Coppersmith, uh, I think was one of those. Yeah, it was. And then these are from Eric Millar, I'm pretty sure. Which, by the way, uh, I was talking to Sean McGann, uh, who was on recently, on his show. So that's going to be up on the internet at some point. But it's not really a podcast, it's like a radio show thing. So I don't really know how to listen to that. But when I find it, I'll tell you. But the reason I bring that up is because uh, I, I, we brought up the comic book is what we're talking about. And obviously Eric Millar came up. All right, so what's your opinion on the prophetic abilities of The Simpsons and its writers? They saw Trump and the coronavirus. Um, do you think it's prediction or just the results of doing a show for 30 years? Um, that coronavirus one is more specious than most. Uh, it, they, it was just a virus that came from China. I mean, that's that's not predicting the future. That's saying things that have already happened in the past. Um, so that one isn't there. They predicted Trump, but Trump had already been, like, had made comments about that he could run for president and win. Like, so that wasn't predictive. Uh, some of the ones that, yeah, I, I think it's more people being on the kind of front line of comedy writing. You need to be up on current culture. So I think like when they say they predicted the iPad or whatever, it was, no, they were making fun of the Apple Newton or whatever the fuck that thing was called with the eat up Martha joke. Um, the only one I'm going to give is they did sort of predict 9-11 on the episode they go to New York where there's a picture of the Twin Towers and says 9-11 on it. Uh, it's, that one's kind of weird. And also they called everybody in Tower One a bunch of jerks, which is, if they're predicting the future, that's fucking, you know, that's a little creepy. Uh, no, I think a lot of the Simpsons predicting the future is just a product of having to put out that much material over the years and also selective viewing of 
what a prediction is. Like, so there's this thing going around. This isn't about the Simpsons, but there's this thing going around on Facebook that had uh, a quote from, I'm going to say Sylvia Brown, one of those somewhat famous psychic people. And said in 2020, there'll be uh, a virus going around. It'll be so weird. It'll be uh, all the known uh, ways of treating viruses won't work against it. And it'll be blah, blah, blah. And it's like this thing. And, it, and people were going like, oh my God, they saw it coming. But the thing is, that's not true. Like uh, we like the coronavirus has only been out for a few, around for like a few months. Like, you know, we've been watching it and knowing what it actually is. And we already have like multiple different uh, drug. Uh, um, what am I saying? Like there's multiple different drugs that have been shown to be effective against it. Now it's, are they effective inside of a human? Uh, are they, are they, it's the, you know, the cure also going to kill you? Like, but they have like, you know, in a, laboratory setting inside of the vial they have multiple different drugs like a couple of malaria drugs uh there's a retroviral uh not a retroviral and uh, an aids medication that's supposed to be effective against but again this is in laboratory settings not inside of a human so we're actually really really quickly getting to some kind of uh cure or treatment for this thing that goes completely against what that prediction says in quotes but if you don't stare at it enough it sounds like it's a you know an actual prediction i think a lot of the simpson stuff is like that uh unless i mean there might be other ones but i seem to remember watching that video that those australian kids put together of every time the simpsons predicted the future and i think most of it was either easily predictable things like as a writer you can say you know like um if uh like heinland's you know predicted robots coming or whatever like i'm just you know trying to come up something off the top of my head it's obvious that they are going to come so it's not like you know it's it is smart but it's not like it's not prophecy it's just forethought or whatever um i think there was one they're saying they predicted bitcoin which is some nonsense that's pogs remember alf well he's back in pog form uh yeah i, I don't know maybe i should wait hold on this is gonna take a while Let's see if I can get a list of times Simpsons predicted the future. List of Simpsons predicting. List of Simpsons predictions. I don't want all these times. Are, they're going to be like fucking videos is the problem. Okay, here. 18 times the Simpsons accurately predicted the future. Let's see if the internet is. Okay, number one, three-eyed fish. Uh, no, obviously there's going to be mutation. Three-eyed fish, not weird. Censorship of Michelangelo's David. Uh, no, see that coming. Letter from the Beatles. Um, Ringo Starr answering his mail. Um, yeah, no. Siegfried and Roy Tiger Attack. Okay. Somewhat. Hey, that's, that's a little uh, thing. Horse meat scandal. Uh, oh, yeah, where they put a bunch of assorted horse parts in to make school lunch. Yeah, I mean, I guess. It's, that's not, yeah, I suppose. But, like, people eat horse. That's not that, yeah, it's sort of. Uh, oh, here's the uh, Mar beat-up Martin uh, Martha thing. That's, yeah, that's not predicting the future. Smartwatches, not predicting the future. That's remember remembering that uh, Dick Tracy uh, invented those. Let's see. The Invention of the Shard, Season 6, Episode 19. During Lisa's trip to London, we see a skyscraper behind London Bridge that looks eerily similar to the Shard. Okay, well, that's... All right, weird. All right, fair enough. Robotic librarians. Nope, easy to predict. Discovery of the Higgs boson. No, that one's explained in a... It's a chalkboard gag. 
Uh, that's explained later that uh, on the commentary, I think it's actually on a commentary of Futurama that they just had a bunch of nerds in the writer's room. So they put in a fake uh, fake answer to a Higgs boson equation, you know, to find um, the Higgs particle thing. <laughs> you could, I'm very good at physics. But uh, yeah, it was explained on a, on a Futurama thing um, that that's why that jokes there it's for math nerds ebola outbreak oh here yeah so oh wait no since it's predicted the 2014 outbreak of ebola in lisa's sex oh so they just picked an ebola virus and then yeah that's bullshit disney buys 20th century fox i mean i think we've all predicted that we're all going to be owned by one company in the future Invention of the tomaco plant. Well, no, I think they made the tomaco plant because they saw the episode. Okay, this is stupid. I'm just reading shit from a screen. Uh, hi, Keats Ross, uh, four minutes ago. Uh, yeah, all right, so all these things are stupid. U.S. beats Sweden in curling at the Olympics games. Oh, come on. That's just, now we're just getting stupid. Nobel Prize winner, season 22, episode one. Um MIT professor Bengt Holstrom won the Nobel Prize in Economics in 2016, six years after he was bet on to win the Nobel Prize in The Simpsons. Holstrom's name appears on a betting scorecard when Martin Luther, Lisa Database and Bill House bet on Nobel Prize winners. Well, that's that's not all that... They're, yeah, they're, they employ nerds to write the show. Nerds would know things like that. Yeah, that's, that's nonsense. Lady Gaga Super Bowl halftime show. Lady Gaga didn't shoot fire out of her tits, which is what this picture shows. So no. Okay, whatever. We're reading the... Oh, that was actually the last of it. Uh, Daenerys burning... Oh, wait. Fucking spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, the last of this list is Daenerys Targaryen's big plot twist in Game of the Thrones Season 29, Episode 1. Well, Jesus Christ. You can't do that. That just spoiled the end of Game of Thrones. Which, by the way, the end of Game of Thrones, Alf goes back to Melmac. It's true. Um, hey Keith, since you're responding, uh, I'm out of questions. Got anything for me before I wrap this thing up? <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, Simpsons. No, I don't think that's that. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's all the questions I have on the board. What else can I talk about? I think that's about it. Uh, Tyler tells me that he's watching and it looks good and I have nice facial hair. Damn straight I do. I made it myself using chitin. And pure willpower. Um, yeah, I think we might be done unless somebody grabs one at the last second here. What does... This is very exciting. It's an empty. Here's the problem with doing live shows is recording it uh, also. Because, you know, I could just like kind of be dicking around like doing stuff live. And then who cares because you're bored enough to be watching this. But like I'm going to have to edit this into an actual podcast later. So I'm not going to be doing that. Uh, oh, here's what I can tell you. I mentioned it before, but uh, the comic book is out. It's available on Gumroad. That's the digital one. And uh, the paper one is on Etsy. I'll put links in the show notes. If you um, are broke and want a digital one, write to me, alexcast.gmail, and I'll send you. Because uh, I've come to realize that uh, people don't like spending money, which I, I totally get. Like, a lot of people, like, don't have jobs and stuff now. So I was like, hey, I, uh, I have an email address and I can just like send stuff to so if anybody needs any of my old books uh you know periphery or Theravada or even void sutras uh just write me I'll send you a pdf 
because you know that's that's the kind of guy I am I suppose all right well, I think we've done what else can I tell you about um I told you about where you can get the thing. I told you I was on talking to Sean. I was on Arnamancy. You can go listen to that. Even though I just told you I was on Arnamancy before. I was on again. I'm on there too often. Um, I'm not a... His shows like have like expert people on. And I'm just some weirdo that, you know, talks about magic and Dune. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. think we're did i talk about the oh i talked about project melody last time uh midcode nc for some reason in my show notes i have a folder open and in my show notes it says uh darth plagueis book or you can't even begin to imagine what that was in reference to also, the term uh, Masonic Schism is like Bitcoin and uh, Bitcoin Cash. Oh, no, that actually makes sense. I think I've actually talked to somebody about that. Anyway, okay, yeah, we're done. Um, yeah, I've been live streaming is an addiction. I've been live streaming since you were in short pants, boy. <laughs> Even though I just don't do it anymore because I hate it. I'm just bored. Um, you're in short pants, boy. Where's that from? Oh, who cares? I'm done. Uh, yes, thank you uh, to people that showed up. I will never announce this uh, beforehand because I refuse to plan things. So I'm going to end live video. Uh, bye. See you next time.